men do not get the training and the understanding that they need to have about women, relationships, sex, and marriage. Learn lessons from other men, a new perspective, which they can take into their own lives and make their lives better. You should choose and attract the mentor. You should look at the uh, character of the man. Look at their students. Are they centered? Are they good men? Are they giving something back to the world? You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Baloo. And we have a very special guest here for you today. My man, MJ Durkin. Uh, he is the host of the Men of Honor Podcast. He's a man who's been doing work with men uh, at a very high level for uh, two decades plus. He also happens to be one of the top professional speakers in the world. In fact, I got to know him when I was in the audience and he was delivering a talk for the very first time. And I liked what he did so much that I ended up buying his books and his audio tape programs. And I learned from him how to do uh, more effective prospecting. So that is what he does as his day job. But he's very passionate about being of service to men. Uh, welcome to the show, Durkin. <laughs> Durkin. Thank you, Baloo. Thank you for welcoming me to the show. We'll be known as Durkin and Baloo, not Durkin MJ and Baloo. Durkin. We, well, that's uh, kind of how we do it on this show. Like all the men that are coming here, we, we yeah, last. So, yeah. so, so do, do the men understand why we call each other by our last names? Do Have you ever discussed that? Uh, maybe yeah, we should remind we anybody. We don't that's discuss listening. it on every show, but it's probably a yeah. good idea to remind them now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do this because this is a way of us honoring our fathers and our forefathers and giving, paying homage to the lineage that has us be who we mm. are today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm Durkin, son of Thomas. And I'm Baloo, son of Napoleon. Son of what? Napoleon. Napoleon? My father's first name was Napoleon, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Son of Napoleon. That sounds very regal. I like it. No, no, I like it. It does. Yeah. I like it. You know, I like yeah. I like talking about uh, about Thomas F. He's been uh, gone a long time, over 30 years. Uh, yeah. But uh, he still is in my whispering in my ear and in my heart saying, be a good man and don't be a douche. Yes. <laughs> uh, and he, you know, my father has been gone for just over three years. Uh, and he was the greatest man I've ever known. He, man, I'm getting emotional here. Dad, if you knew dad and you were looking for work, he would actually go and get you a job. He wouldn't just like give you some advice. He would work the phones and say, call this guy. You, you're starting tomorrow, <laughs> right? That's how you do it because he knew a lot of people and a lot of people owed him favors. And if he said, my buddy Durkin here needs a job, 
nobody yeah, yeah. would say no to him they'd go sure send him in here this is the job he was, he's gonna get what do you pay now that's not enough pay him a little more <laughs> that's how it would go he negotiated for you it was like that it was crazy and he sounds and like he, the iranian godfather uh, dude it was like that and if you if you, you will owe me a favor you will owe me i will owe you a favor you owe me a favor people <laughs> owed him favors he he dispensed a lot of favors so he um if you if you were looking to start a business like about a dozen people I know have told me he got he gave me my start in business. He lent me the capital or whatever. And mm -hmm. uh and like this is the craziest part. If he knew you and you were trying to buy a car or a house, right? And you didn't quite have enough money and the bank wouldn't give you exactly what you need, he'd go find out what you needed and he'd top you up. And it was always a gift. He'd tell people it was a loan, you can pay me back, but he never took the money back from people. Wow. It was wild. It was wild. Okay. That was a great human, a great humanitarian. Honestly, brother, like you would have, yeah. if you, if you met Napoleon, uh, Baloo, you would just go, yeah, Baloo, this, your, your dad's awesome. Nice. And he, he, nice. he was right. Nice. Anyways. And you know, it's because of the lineage of the families that you and I are from that. I think the conversation you and I are going to have today has got so much value and so much meaning to mm -hmm. it because we're living in a time, uh, where, a lot of younger men in particular realize that the society, the culture is not giving them the right advice on how to be a man and be successful as a man out there in the world. So they are actually out there looking for guidance, looking for advice. And being that it's 2023, where are they looking for this advice? Well, on social media, right? They're going on social media and they're following certain gurus who've gotten really good at hacking the algorithm and things like that. And you got to be careful though, whose advice you follow, because some of these folks are giving what I consider to be very dangerous advice. And in particular, the advice that I think is dangerous for young men is never get married, never form a family or, you know, go have a baby mama and just kind of be in your kid's life tangentially. And I don't think this is good for the young man. I definitely don't think it's good for their child. I don't think it's good for the woman. And I think it's terrible for society. And I wanted to, I wanted to turn it over to you and ask you to reveal to us some of your thinking around this subject, because I know you've given this a lot of thought. Well, yes. So I've given it a lot of thought. I've seen a lot of it in action. And I think there are some things that I mean, there's many different aspects of this topic we can discuss and consider. One of the first things that you want to look for in uh, choosing a mentor, and, and you should choose and attract the mentor, you should look at the uh, character of the man, and you should look at be behind the flash and the glitz. Um, you know, these these guys have been around a long time. They've been in, around in various forms. They can be pastors, motivational speakers, gurus. Uh, sometimes they lead people to drink the Kool-Aid and die with them. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, there's some very charismatic, you know, men that are around. They've been around forever. And, uh, and, and I, I told this story last week when, uh, uh, when I interviewed you for my podcast, but years ago, I heard a man, uh, a man I respected. It's actually a, a tracker and a and an Aboriginal Bushman 
who who could like track in the middle of the night could could track you through the jungles and um and he said when you go to pick a, a martial arts school he said make sure that the instructor is not a uh he called him a coyote make sure he's not a coyote make sure he's not a trickster and watch the students and see if they respect the dojo see if they have a good countenance see if they respect themselves so one of the ways that you can tell a good teacher or a good person that's giving you advice is look at their students are they centered are they good men uh do they are they giving something back to the world or is it just a philosophy of take 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 you know money's money muscles game and frame you know that's the new money the new muscles money, game and frame game and frame yeah money muscles game and frame uh oh my god yeah money muscles game and frame and i know and, the money muscles by, part i don't know the game and frame part yeah game and frame is and 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 that's not bad by the way that that's 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 good advice if you put it in the right context so so number 1 look at the person and try to look at their life. Like I won't listen to anyone on YouTube. I won't listen to anyone unless I feel really good about their spirit, their voice. Like I, I do two hours of personal development per day, minimum. Okay. Hold, and I do hold, it. Hold, hold, hold. I think that's worth repeating. I'm sorry. I think everybody should hear that. Could you yeah, say that yeah, piece again? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the way the way we say it in our podcast is do, do not miss this. This is very important what I'm about to say. Do, do not, not miss, miss this. this. Do not miss this. I am Jay Durkin, who wrote a book that sold 330,000 copies, uh, have been on stages with um, Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins, <laughs> Tony Horton of P90X. I do two hours of personal development per day. And I Can do you it. Break through... that down for us, if you wouldn't mind. I think that's really yeah. valuable to understand how you do that and why that's a must for you. Yeah, it's well, it's a must for anyone that, in order to succeed, you're going to need to put new grooves in the record. Okay, so you're all familiar with an old vinyl record, and it has grooves in it, and uh, we all have records that have grooves, and the grooves are. The, the ways that we think it is our philosophies of life. And some of those philosophies support us to be successful. Some do not. So what I do is I find a, uh, a teacher uh, that I, I want to listen to that. I like their voice. I like their spirit. I like their reputation. And I, uh, and I use audio learning. I have no time to read all these books. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the go uh, 20 hours a day. So what I do is I listen, I put my white earbuds in and I listen when I go to the mailbox. I listen when I'm going for a run in the woods. I listen when I am making a sandwich. I listen when I'm in the car going to the store. Some people think that you have to like sit there and watch a video or absorb the information in one shot and like take a test. Or I, I, I had somebody say to me, your, your podcasts are too long. I wish they were shorter. I was like, well, listen to them in 10 minute segments, you knucklehead, you know, um, what do you mean? You know, so, so I, I do, <laughs> I'm like, they're too, they're too long. They're, you know, what the, your knucklehead, that's going to be a line we're going to use on this show. You knucklehead. 
<laughs> you knucklehead, you know? So anyway, that's what I do. I, I listen. I listen before my wife wakes up in the morning after I do my prayer and meditation. And I listen. I, I do it in the spaces of my day. And I listen to great speeches from famous people like Winston Churchill and, and, uh, and, and Martin Luther King. I listen to speeches. I listen to Ted talks. I listen to, I listen to my own. I incestuously listen to my own material. <laughs> I listen to my own audios because uh, they're really good. Uh, and I think to myself, sometimes when I listen to the men of honor, I go, I said that shit. Wow. That's pretty, you know, I need to listen to that myself. You know, this whole segue that we took into two hours of personal development a day and how you do it is very powerful because I had a guest on the show a few weeks back. His name is Patrick Francie. Actually, I'm going to send you that episode. I really believe you're going to get a ton out of listening to Patrick. Patrick is an incredible man. He runs an organization called RAIN, Real Estate Investment Network. It's North America's largest real estate investment network. He's got hundreds, thousands of clients in it. But he's also a man who's been involved in men's work. And like you and I, he did Justin Sterling's program back in the day. And what he said in that episode was men stay stagnant in life because they repeat the same 10 to 20 conversations with themselves and other people over and over and over. It's like you said here, in order to succeed, you need new grooves in the record. There's no new grooves in the record. They're just going down the same old grooves. So this fella saying, if you want a new life, start having new conversations with yourself and with others. So there's a fellow who came to me and said, you don't understand, you know, I've had this injury and I'm like, stop saying that shit. I get you're hurt, but cut it out. You're keeping it alive with your, with your conversation. You stop saying it. Why don't you instead stay? You don't understand. My foot is healing every single day. It's getting better every day and pretty soon it's going to be good as new if not better than you why don't you say that instead he's like oh i guess i could couldn't i yeah you could you know and that's that's what i think is important for men to do but to to come back from the detour even though it was a very important detour what you're saying about who to follow is you also got to see if their advice has stood the test of time. There's a lot of men that go, well, how do I know who to follow? I mean, a guy could be a good professional speaker. You know, I are a professional speaker, to quote the great MJ Durkin, right? right, right. <laughs> guy could have a pleasing voice and a pleasing personality <clears throat> and be talking shit. He'd just be talking shit again and again. So he said, how do I find out whose advice to follow? I go, look, if you go back to literature from pre-1960, advice to men in how to be or in family, in relationships, that stuff is gold. And if who you're listening to today is grounded in that, then you know their advice is good. But if they're grounded in dumbass advice like, okay, well, you know what? The culture today is like, if you're a man and you get married, a woman's going to take you for everything you've got. You're never going to see your kids. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of truth in what 
what some of these men are saying, because that does happen, okay? As you and I both know, we've been part of situations where this has happened to us. But if you go into life thinking that I'm not going to have children, which is one of the things that God intends for us to do, and I'm not going to get married and build a family and build love, which I believe is another thing that God intends for us to do, then ask yourself, you know, what will be the impact of that on you? And what will be the impact of that on our society? Because let's say there's 50 million young men and women in the United States and Canada right now. And let's say in the past 45 million of each of them would get married and have kids together. And let's say because of this type of advice, that number drops from 45 million to 20 million. So fully 25 million couples won't have children. What will that do to the birth rate of our countries? What will that do to what type of society we're creating for ourselves? And that's why I think this is part of what I call the misguided man. The misguided man is someone who's listening to gurus who sound good, who have a lot of followers, but aren't necessarily giving you the advice that's going to help you live a successful life and build the kind of society that you're living a great legacy for your children and grandchildren for. All right. So great points. Um, you know, don't, don't miss, (laughs) listen, don't, don't miss what Nikki said. Okay. There's, there's a lot of advice out there. that's not necessarily good for our culture, but, but more importantly, you know, we were taught in sales years ago to look at the prospect and to see a radio station, uh, over their head. Mm -hmm. And the radio station was W I F F M right? What's in it? W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? Right? So, so we say to to the, if you're a man listening to this, (laughs) if you're a man listening to this, I'm going to quote a very famous man from 2000 years ago. If you have ears to hear, hear this. All right. If you have ears to hear, hear this. Uh, The, what's in it for you is having an extremely satisfying relationship with a woman who thinks you're awesome, who thinks you're fantastic, that you're a wonderful father to the children, that you're a fantastic provider, that you thrill and delight her, that you are her stud in the bedroom, uh, her stud in business, her stud around the house. I mean, listen, what men crave is respect and admiration. Men are driven by three things, respect, admiration, and mastery. Respect, admiration, and mastery. One of the great, wonderful things that you can get from a really good woman is you can get acceptance. She will make you feel better than you really are, which is a tremendous um, asset in your success. And all men want to be successful because I'm going to tell you how all men are driven. All men are driven by an internal uh, spirit to develop mastery in every area of their life. And so if you find a good woman who thinks you're, you know, you use the old phrase the kids used to use, you're the bomb, you're the shit, you're the, you're my man, you're my, you're my stud, right? Then this is a wonderful, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, uh, children, it, 
if, if you could tell me that there's anything that makes you become a man more than uh, bringing a child into this world and being responsible and taking care of that child, I'm not, in, I'm not in favor of young men having children. Okay. I, I don't think you should look to get married really in your early to mid twenties, maybe until your you know, late twenties to your, you know, to your thirties, I think is a better time. There's other things that you should do before getting married, but um, the idea of being able to love a child, it, it is really the only responsibility that you'll ever take on other than loving your wife that will actually bring you in, in intense satisfaction and meaning into your life. If you follow money muscles, game and frame, and that's all you do, you just get laid a lot, get ripped, which I recommend, make a boatload of money, which I recommend. <laughs> I actually recommend you get laid a lot too, but that you do it the proper way and that you understand the purpose of game and frame. It's very important. But um, I can tell you that if you all you have is money and muscles and you don't have children, you don't have a family, when you hit your 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, you will come to us and you will say, I'm bored. My life is devoid of meaning. I have nothing in my life. Uh, it's a very, it's a very, very sad thing to see people die when they have no one with them. So take this seriously, man. Um, the, here's the problem with the, the underground culture of men is saying to young men, women are dangerous. Women are, <laughs> that's the, the word my friend Shane used to use, there, she was a succubus. Jesus. You know the word succubus? <laughs> God. Look up the definition of a succubus. <laughs> uh, you know, you can imagine, you know, w women, women are not bad. Uh, men are, men are bad. We, we've done a horrible job of picking women, attracting the right women, understanding which women are bad for us. Uh, we're a bunch of dumbasses when it comes to sex, good looks, a woman in high heels. Uh, we make all kinds of dumbass decisions. In, in attracting and choosing women. So that's a big part of, you have to really understand women and you have to understand what dating is really about. And all of these, all of these knuckleheads, okay, that are all these knuckleheads that are saying, just get laid a lot and have fun and, you know, wear a condom or, you know, get a vasectomy at 20. That's bad advice. Eesh. Horrible that's, advice. I, well, a, a big guru tweeted out men in their 20s should just get vasectomies. This is a big controversial um, thing in the manosphere, right? Um, and uh, I, I can tell you that um, you you need to really understand the, um, uh, the benefits that you can have from dating and understanding how women really work and understanding what to look for. This is really, this is like a, it should be a six hour course that we're going to do <laughs> in 40 minutes. But uh, there's a, there's a lot to, uh, as, as Nikki blue would say, unpack there. There is a lot to unpack there. And that's not a bad idea. Uh, Dirk. And maybe we ought to put a, a little course together on topics like this for men, but I want to come back to what you said. You know, you said women are not bad, but men are bad. I, I, 
I know what you meant, but I think we've got to also be careful with, with saying that because a lot of men are getting the message that men are bad from society, from the culture, 24-7, 365. What we mean to say is less that you're bad for being a man, because I know you didn't mean that at all, but that some of your decision-making around women has been suboptimal. That's what we say. Well, it's, it's been, been it's been fucking bad. It's been um, fucking bad. <laughs> it's, it's been shite. It's been Look, shite. If, if it's, it's not shite. Scottish, it's shite. It's crap. It's shite. It's, it's shite. complete crap. It is. A lot of men make bad decisions around women. They go after the wrong women, and they go into relationships that they shouldn't be in, and then they avoid going into relationships that they should be in. And a hundred percent, that's correct. But this money muscles game and frame uh, concept that you introduced to me, because I'd never heard it that far. The money muscles I'd heard before, but not the game and frame. It, it, it's on the one hand, yes, every young man should be looking to get in shape. Every young man should be looking to maximize his income and make a lot of money. And every young man should be dating uh, until he's ready to settle down. And then when he's ready to settle down, you should settle down and find a good woman. That should be his job. Well, let's uh, let's look at uh, let's look at dating for a second. Okay, so here here's one of the things that the knuckleheads miss completely. They they miss the um, they they talk about they they talk about having sex with women as uh, you know the big thing in the manosphere is talking about body count. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. and oh. and the and the number and the number of notches that you have and um, and. And look, uh, your job as a man is to attract the most attractive women that you can attract for your uh, your skill, your skill level, uh, and and your job is to try to have sex with them. This is what hones your skills. Now, some will have sex with you <laughs> right away. You'll you'll learn a lot about women that will do that right away. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself, about what you like and don't like. The, the, the thing that the, the knuckleheads never tell you is that good dating and having good game is very important for your success in life. And 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 men, you know, I mean, men are addicted to to sex. I mean, we we are. <laughs> you know, what well, my friend Stephen always said, I didn't need to go to a men's retreat to learn I was addicted to sex, Dirk. And that's not what I learned at the men's weekend. I already knew I was addicted to sex <laughs> before I went to the men's weekend. All I thought about was sex. All I could think about was sex. Uh, but but the fact is, is that when you learn how to to how to, how to pitch some woo, how to romance a woman and to get a, a woman to be interested in you and want to open up to you and want to go on dates with you and want to uh, and, and want to sleep with you, you're developing very valuable skills that you will use. This is persuasion. And if you think you're going to be in business without the skill of persuasion and the skill of selling, this is selling. Dating should make you a very uh, a smart and proficient young man in your business. And I don't care if you're running a machine in a factory or you're driving a truck or you're writing poetry or you're uh, uh you're writing code or you're um uh you're driving a a a, a tractor um wh whatever you're doing for a career or a business or a job 
you need to become a skillful persuader. And that's what dating helps you to do. And what most men do is they, they give up very quickly. If they get some rejection, they give up. They, they go into that, you know, men going their own way, right? What we, what we call the big towns. Yeah. Right. Men See, going their own way. Misguided men. Those are exactly the misguided men I'm talking about. Well, they're incredibly misguided because they, they, uh, what, what, I, when I said men are bad, what I meant was, was that men do not get the training and the understanding that they need to have about women, relationships, sex, and marriage. And quite frankly, and I don't know about Napoleon, but I can tell you that Thomas F, he didn't know what the hell he was doing either. Okay, so my father, Durkin, son of Thomas, Thomas F, I said to him about my my wife that I met when I was twenty. I said, "What do you think of her?" He said, "I would, I, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't get rid of her. I wouldn't, don't lose this one." <laughs> and he didn't know how much trouble I was in. He had no way. There's no technology taught to young men about, for example, just regular red flags. They don't, they, there's no training on what to look for, what not to get into. And there's no training on why you should uh, uh, date multiple women, date them. You should have sex with as many women as you can uh, under a uh, under the auspices of the umbrella, let's say, of being very um, careful and caring. And understanding that sex is a mystical union. This is not something to be taken lightly. So you should romance women. You should date them. You should learn about women. But entering into a sexual liaison with a woman should be a very, you should take it very seriously. And there should be some caring involved. Now, you may say to me, I'm not ready for marriage. And look, there are some people that will say, you must only have sex um, after marriage. That's fine. This works. My philosophies work for that camp. It also works for the camp that says you should have some experience and you should. Okay. So here's a good one. You should, um, you should destroy the mystery of the feminine. Uh, there's a great book by Sam Keen. It's called uh, fire in the belly. Most men don't know about it. It's a very famous. I, I, I book know, from I know about... Sam Keen's work. He's, he's tremendous. He's tremendous. He's, um, he, he's, he's, primarily a feminist double agent. Um, but, uh, but he does, <laughs> he is, <laughs> but, but he, but he does have some very good. Sam Keen. I learned a lot from Sam, Sam. Keen's got some very good material and he's okay. very poetic. I love the way he writes. He writes. Lyrical. He can really he write. Is. Okay. Really Sam Keen is good, but Sam Keen talks about the breaking away from women. And one of the ways that you break away from women is you learn that you you destroy the mystery of the feminine by, you know, um, uh, having sex with, you know, I don't know, pick a number, six to ten women, and understanding that um, the mystery is gone, and and having sex, you know, with six to ten women doesn't um, it doesn't change your life. The, the shadowy figure of the feminine makes us so, you know, so crazed for, you know, to crawl back into the womb that we think it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to change us. It's going to change us. And, and it's going to, it's going to make us complete. It's not the only way you can no. learn to be, not be afraid of women is to be with women and Absolutely. to fall in love with the first woman you meet 
that's a big mistake. To fall in love with the first woman that you make love to, that's a big mistake. It's not a mistake for a woman, by the way. It's not a unless mistake for a woman to Unless you're have a man sex. who that's who you want to be. There are men who want to only be with their beloved, only make love to their beloved and nobody else. And I respect that and there's nothing wrong with that. But for a man like myself, as an example, that would not have been me. First girl I was with was definitely not someone I fell in love with. Yeah, but the problem is, is that if you just do, you, you don't learn anything about women, relationships. There are five major ways that women manipulate men. And if I ask somebody to give Only me the five, five ways that <laughs> five ways that, that, that are manipulated by men, they don't even know the first one. I don't even, I don't even know how to manipulate a woman. I know how they can manipulate me. No, no that's what I said. Women, women manipulate men. There are five ways. There are five distinct ways that women manipulate men. And if you don't know what they are, you will compromise your terms on who you are all the time. You won't even recognize them. The first time the woman breaks into tears and cries, you won't understand what's going on and you'll give up. You'll crawl back in bed with her. You will, you were convinced you were going to break up with her. <laughs> you yeah. knew the red flags were there. She sobbed and she cried and you went running back into her bedroom and she snagged you. And for all intents and purposes, you were gone and you knew you should get out of there. Do you know, do you know how many people I men I've seen that married the wrong woman and said, Oh boy. Yeah. I, I, I saw a speaker one time say to a man, is that a, is, is, was that a short-term recreational relationship that should have never become a marriage? And the guy was like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a lot of men. That's a lot of men. There's no question about it. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what can I tell you? Um, I I didn't marry some women that I was in long-term relationships with, but honestly, it should have been a short-term recreational relationship that should have been over in three to six months at the most, and it lasted a lot longer than that. And I think it's good that men are seeking to learn from other men I think it's very good. I think they need to become a lot more discerning in who they seek information from. And part of what they need to do is ask themselves if the person that's giving them the information really has a, the type of life that you want for yourself and B, is what they're saying time tested or is it some faddish modern crap that so many people are into spouting these days because the best advice is advice that's been around for centuries centuries you want to know how as a man to make sure that you don't marry uh the wrong woman well, first of all, don't ask your buddies, hey, do you think I should marry her? Do you think she's the one? No. Go and find men with successful long-term marriages and say, hey, how'd you, how'd you meet your wife? How'd you decide she was the one for you? Did you meet anybody that, you know, you thought maybe she could be the one for you, but you ended up not being with her? And what made you do that? Ask questions like that from that kind of mentor. That kind of man who's got a successful long-term marriage is a good man for you to seek out and learn from. 
if you are thinking about should I, shouldn't I have children, talk to some men you know that don't have children that are in their 40s and 50s. Talk to some men you know that do have children that are in their 40s and 50s. What's it like for you to be 40 years old, 50 years old, and not have kids? Do you regret it? Do you not regret it? Why or why not? What's it like for you as a man in his 40s and 50s who has children? Do you regret it? Do you not regret it? Why or why not? And learn lessons from other men. One of the reasons why we bring on guests onto this show, and it's not always Baloo talking, is because I don't know everything. There's a lot of shit I don't know. And when men like you come on the show that have a good brain and have thought deeply about certain issues, it gives some of the men that are listening a new perspective which they can take into their own lives and make their lives better. So that's my take on how a young man should go about making decisions today. Don't just listen to your dumbass buddies. Don't listen to knucklehead so-called gurus. Go find out who's winning at the games that you're considering participating in and find out what it takes for you to win from people who are winning at them. So I want everybody to hear what Nikki said because it's very important. And, and, and he just dropped some, some serious truth, truth bombs on you. I think the other thing that you want to look at is you, you want to take that advice from those older, more successful men in literally in every area. So, you know, um, in business, you should be looking at people in your company that are succeeding and ask to take them to lunch. Ask I have asked people to formally mentor me. Years ago, I was uh, in search of spiritual direction. I literally, I had a, a, a sales territory down in the Southern Connecticut, very wealthy area of Connecticut. And I, uh, and I showed up at a monastery, a Greek Orthodox monastery. Now I'm, I was raised Roman Catholic <laughs> and I knocked on the monastery door and a, an old priest came to the door and he said, yes, may I help you? I was there in my little, my little salesman suit. And I was about 26 years old. And, and he said, uh, can I help you? And I said, yes, I, um, I'm looking for spiritual direction. And this looks like a pretty spiritual place to me. <laughs> Father Anthony looks at me like this guy's cracked. What you know, he's looking at me up and down like, are you nuts? Nobody shows up at a monastery and goes, Hi, I'm looking for a spiritual, spiritual direction. direction. And and he looks it looks me up and down. He goes, I you know, I think you need to talk to Father Jim Carroll. I wait here in the wait here in the reception area while I go get Father Carroll. And Father Jim became my spiritual director for a couple of years. And he he walked me through some very um, serious spiritual uh, questions that I had and became a good friend of mine and turned out he was in recovery uh, and and did a lot of stuff with adult children of alcoholics and he spoke my language and it was a great fit. Don't be afraid to ask people formally to be a mentor to you. Say, hey, you got a great marriage. Uh, you know, um, my, my mentor, Carl Palmieri was my mentor in marriage and um, and he had gone through a divorce and then he had rebuilt his life and had a great wife who adored him. And he had the respect of his children and his community. And I listened to everything that Carl said because he knew what he was talking about. The other thing you can do too is you can also look at your own inner voice 
and see if things resonate with you. So it's important for you to start to learn how to trust your own guidance and to say, this feels good. This does not feel good. I'll give you a quick example. I was listening to some knuckleheads on a, a podcast. Uh, they're, they're in the manosphere and they, um, they started uh, disrespecting the book, uh, the five love languages. And they, um, really? and, and these, Oh yeah, yeah. They they're like, there's no studies whatsoever that show that the five love languages is not based in any scientific facts. And I was like, and these young men, they're in their 30s and their 40s. They're assholes. Okay. And um and, that's a technical and, uh, term, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They're they're assholes. Okay. So so now so so there's no studies, right? I mean, everything you must prove everything with a study, okay. Uh, listen, when I when I heard the five love languages, a, a, a friend of mine said to me, have you heard of the five love languages? I said, no. She said, the five love languages are this, 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 and this. And I, I was like, I it was like, uh, <laughs> like it was a hallelujah moment for me. I was like, oh, I totally know. My one son's love language is this. My other son's love language is that. My ex-wife's love language was gifts. And I was always terrible at gifts. And that makes a lot of sense to me now why I always failed all the time with gifts because it wasn't mine, but it was hers. And I didn't know that it was hers. When Christmas would come, birthdays would come, it was a hellish experience for me because I couldn't get on board with understanding how important gifts were to her. The five love languages resonated with me immediately. Now, these boneheads are going... There's no studies to prove that people, t- let me, let me tell you my current wife, uh, I know that her love language is touch and she loves the hugs that I give her. And I always reach out to show her through physical touch, how much I love her. We were at a, at an event the other night, my arm was around her the whole night and touching her arm, you know, while we, we watched the concert that we watched, I under the, the five love languages some really good stuff. If you don't know the five love languages, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage and you don't have not studied it intently, you're foolish. You should study it. My inner voice told me the minute I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm a words of affirmation. You, you tell me I'm great. <laughs> tell me I'm a genius. I freaking love you, man. So don't be afraid to look at your own inner voice and say, hmm, how is that advice? Do I do I really want to be alone when I'm 60, 70 years old and have no children and no legacy and yeah. no one to hold my hand when I'm dying? Because I hate to tell you, you're going to die. Nobody gets out of this life alive. Okay. Nobody. And so, so, uh, and I can tell you, I've seen people die alone and it's not pretty. It's horrible. Horrible. And, and Nikki and I have seen people like Napoleon and Thomas F., with people around them as they died and, and loving them and caring for them. And it's a beautiful thing to have given to a family that then rallies around you. When my father got cancer, he had a year to live and we spent that year with him and were devoted to him. And, um, and, and we repaid the love that he had given to us in that last year it was very satisfying to my father. He died with the sleep of a satisfied man. Yeah, that's a nice way to land the plane, man. Mm. He died with the sleep. I've taken a lot of notes. 
during our conversation. One, one of the things I, I love about you when you're when you're interviewing is taking the notes. Yeah. Um, it's important, and it's so smart. Yeah, it's important. Well, you retain you learn so much more from the from interviewing people than any of the people that listen to the interviews. <laughs> learn. I appreciate it, man. I, I do. And, and <laughs> listen, when I'm with a man that I respect, like I respect you, who is very bright, who's very thoughtful, who thinks deeply about the issues. And who takes time to deliver answers that are meaningful and designed to actually make a difference in the life of me as the listener, the very least I can do is be attentive and, 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 and pay attention and take notes as a, as a sign of respect. But also, I mean, selfishly, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. And uh, what I want to say to you, uh, Durkin, is you and I have known each other now. Um, like really known each other for three years. We, we got connected years ago before that, but we didn't really know each other. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate you being in my life and I appreciate you reaching out to me uh, as you did just a couple of weeks ago to say, hey, Baloo, I'd like you to come on my show. And we had that conversation that really touched me very deeply because I'm asking God right now to bring the people into my life that are going to help me elevate myself as a human being, as a man, uh, in terms of how I show up for my kids, for my woman, for, uh, for my family, for my community, for the, the men that I serve, for my clients, and how, I, the world. how, how I serve God and how, you know, yeah. and uh, you're, you're a man who um, teaches me and inspires me to be at my best. So I appreciate it. And this conversation about the misguided man, be careful who you take advice from and go out of your way to take advice from people that are winning at the games that you want to play. has been a very valuable and important one. And I believe my listeners are going to get a ton out of this. So thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you on the flip side, as they say, blue out. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca. 